When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. Paul and I are here for all of your Miami Dolphins news and your fix here throughout the summer months. We're breaking down the wide receiver and tight end unit today. Paul, not a lot of depth on this Dolphins roster and we don't expect there to be in 2019 as we we continue to find what are those treasures throughout the year. But wide receiver and tight end does appear to be two of those positions that have a lot more depth than the others. Wide receiver to me more so than tight end. Tight end has a lot of bodies, but tight end has a lot more question marks to me than the wide receiver position does. I mean, obviously, we already talked about the running back position fairly deep there um wide receiver position i mean it's going to be very hard for somebody to crack that top five that's not already there the tight end position it's kind of a free-for-all to me i mean we've got a lot of question marks gasicki's in his second year with kind of a rough ish start um you know, and then there's a whole lot of question marks behind him. Does O'Leary stick? Are they going to keep three and a fullback? Are they going to, you know, move people around? What are they going to do? And are they going to go after somebody that shakes loose from another team? So tight end seems to have more question marks, even though it's it's it felt like Miami was signing a tight end every two days at the start of free agency. Yeah, wide receiver definitely has more depth than the tight end spot in terms of numbers. The big difference being that, Wide receiver, you can put three or four guys on the field at the same time, sometimes up to five, where at tight end, usually you're only going to put one, maybe two out there at at that time. So we'll get to the tight end spot in just a minute. But before we do, Paul and I, as we continue to go through these positional breakdowns, we're going to take a look at who who would we keep right now in the summer, in May and June, on that 53-man roster. So, so far at the quarterback and running back spot, we both have Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick at the quarterback position. And at running back, we both have Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj, Chandler Cox at that spot. Paul has Miles Gaskin making the 53-man roster. I actually don't. I have them going with three running backs, including Chandler Cox so far. So any changes you want to make to that right now, Paul? No, for that, I'm pretty good at the moment. I, I still stand by what I said before. Yeah, me too. I, I'm going to stick with what I said before. I think eventually the Dolphins will sign a third running back, but given with what's on the team, that's what we're going with. So I'll stick with the quarterbacks and running backs that I have so far. Let's take a look at the wide receiver position. You know, I've always believed that a wide receiver unit can't make a bad quarterback, a good quarterback. The quarterback himself has to do that, but a wide receiver unit can make a 
a good quarterback, a great quarterback, or an average quarterback, a good quarterback. And I think when you take a look here at the wide receiver unit, the Dolphins don't necessarily have a number one receiver. Heck, they may not even have a number two receiver on their team, but they do have four players who should make this 53-man roster and are good at a lot of different things. You've got Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant. What the pecking order is, throughout the year still remains to be seen and should be decided here throughout the summer. So, Paul, Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills appear to be the top two guys. Kenny Stills had a pretty rough 2018 season, but who can blame him? I mean, he started out the year actually four catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns in the first two games against the Titans. After that, he had, I think, 33 catches, 450 yards, four touchdowns when you take out that first game. So struggled, but you know, I, I don't really blame him a whole lot when you look at his quarterback situation the last two years with Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, Jay Cutler, and Matt Moore. Yeah, I mean that Osweiler stretch was pretty brutal to me as far as the wide receivers go. And, you know, you mentioned that they don't have a number one receiver. It's true that they don't have a true by definition alpha. Devontae Parker's always had the promise to be one. Can't seem to put it all together. And, and you know, despite what at least one of our listeners think, I'm sorry, Devontae Parker causes interceptions thus far in his career. I hope he proves me wrong this season. But anytime a wide receiver makes half-ass efforts at batting the ball up in the air or not making a play on the ball when you're the tallest damn guy with all the physical attributes to go up and get it, and you let a shorter player who doesn't have as much ups as you do go up and get it instead. To me, yeah, that's a wide receiver that causes a lot of interceptions. But, you know, they've got a lot of special there. And then Preston Williams as well has been showing it up in camp, much like a few have in the past few years. Hopefully he catches on. Yeah. I, with uh, So you got Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson really as your – as the top two right now in the pecking order. Albert Wilson mm-hmm. last year, I was not a big fan of the signing, but that's changed a little bit. And unfortunately, he tore his Achilles in the second quarter of the seventh game against the Detroit Lions. Up to that point, Albert Wilson had 26 catches for 406 yards and five total touchdowns. If you take that over a 16-game season, He has 64 catches for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. So he certainly broke a lot of big plays. Um, Whether or not he's good at getting off the line of scrimmage and getting into routes remains to be seen. I I don't think he he really has that ability. But what he can do is he gets open with his intelligence, he catches the ball, and he's able to break a tackle and take it the distance. We saw it three different times in the first six-and-a-half games for the Dolphins last year. Going back to Devontae Parker, my big thing with him and is the hope that he's going to be used differently this year. And I'm not saying that the problems that happened over the last few years were because he wasn't used correctly. I'm not going to go down that route because I don't think that's the case. Say what you want about Gase, but I don't think that's the case. Um, it was a lack of effort. It's been injuries. It's been consistency. It's been a lot of things with Devontae Parker. But what I am encouraged by, Paul, is that is that if Brian Flores thought enough of him to bring him back, and Brian Flores and Chris Greer thought enough of him to bring him back onto this roster, 
then you have to think that they had a plan for him. And I hope that plan isn't to make him the number one all-around receiver, either play to your potential or get off the field. I want to see this guy play 20, 25 snaps, get down the field, and create some mismatch problems, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, Parker's a, a weird case. He's a guy that, you know, when Miami had him at points where he had to prove it to, to get playing time again, he suddenly busted out and showed up like he was an alpha receiver, and as soon as he had the the role or had his spot again and moved back up the depth chart, he kind of stopped. So I feel like with Parker, he's one of those weird guys that if you keep bringing him in as more of a reliever at wide receiver, he's going to do all those things that make everybody question why he's not the starter. But maybe that's the way you need to deploy him uh, instead of, you know, just giving him the starting role. You You bring him in you know, as the game wears on and have him be a rotating guy and he's going to put up special plays and special numbers and it's going to be tempting to throw him into that starter role again, but it might be a situation where he just needs to continue feeling like he has to prove it on every single play. I agree with you. I mean, nobody expected him back this year and going back to what you said last year with Devontae Parker, he was, he only played one game up until that Texans Thursday night football game. And then he gets on the field, catches six passes for 134 yards, and people started thinking maybe he's going to start breaking out here toward the end of the year. After that, in the final games, eight yards, 43 yards, 10 yards, 43 yards, 18, zero, 13, zero. So <laughs> finally he had the light shined on him, and you know he stepped on his own dick once again. So I, I'm hoping that Devontae Parker is able to be that 20 to 25 snap type of guy, make those mis mismatch problems down the field. Somebody who always makes the most of their opportunities is Jakeem Grant. It'll be interesting to see if he's the third receiver, the fourth receiver. He also went on injured reserve in week 10. But this is somebody, too, that I, I think you got to play out there on the boundary instead of the slot because – when he's out there in the boundary, that it seems to be where he's most comfortable, and he may not be that type of guy at five foot six who you want to be throwing passes to over the middle. You know what? I don't have a problem with throwing Jakeem Grant passes anywhere. I think those quick slants, he's going to make something special happen and make people miss. He is just fun to watch when he's got the ball in his hands. When he doesn't get have the ball in his hands, I mean. There's a couple of plays last year that you look back and the moves that he put on a defensive back just made the back look stupid. We're not talking about like, ooh, oops, let me go this way, let me go that way. We're talking about, you know, you want to talk about stepped on their dick. Watch a few of the defensive backs when Jakeem throws a move on them. It is crazy to me to watch. And the sheer speed and mismatches they can create with packages with him and Albert Wilson – moving all over the field are just special. And they're plays that we will need with a team that is lacking some depth in other areas to keep defenses back on their heels and, and to get a few things done. So Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson are two players that I don't want to see broken up at all. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Raiders game last year when the Dolphins struggled on offense throughout the game and then you get into the fourth quarter 
you have Grant and you have Wilson on the field, and they score 24 points in the fourth quarter, beat the Raiders, go to 3-0. and Then the following week against New England, you, you don't see that anymore. And, and that's what I hope is the difference between O'Shea and Adam Gase this year, is that if something is working, keep doing it until the defense stops you, and then you can move on to something else. So I'm hoping that's going to happen. But bottom line is with these top four receivers, there is, there's a lot of youth. All these guys are 27 years old and younger. So there's a lot of speed, a lot of diversity in their skill set. So there, it should make for an interesting wide receiver room. But once we get past that, Paul, the fifth receiver spot is – Looking like it's going to go to Preston Williams at this time, the undrafted free agent out of Colorado State. I know it's just OTAs, but he's going to go up against a couple of guys in camp, Bryce Butler, Isaiah Ford, Trenton Irwin, and Reese Horn. The Dolphins are only keeping nine wide receivers here in camp. I like that because it gives them a lot more looks and gives them more of an opportunity to make the team. But how do you see the rest of this roster shaping up at wide receiver? I think Preston gets a five spot, um, but then I look at Isaiah Ford and Bryce Butler, and Miami is not a lock to keep six guys. I mean, Ford's a guy that any of our listeners know I've been a fan of. Bryce Butler seemed to come on and have chemistry with Tannehill last year. But again, that's a whole different regime, whole different scheme. You know, he's he's got a lot to prove yet again to even have a chance at making the roster for a position that may or may not exist at this point in time. But yeah, Preston Williams, far and away the front runner based on how he's not as physically gifted as Devontae Parker, but doing all of the things in OTAs that Devontae Parker should be. Preston Williams, last year at Colorado State, 96 catches, 1,345 yards, 14 touchdowns. Mel Kuyper was talking about him as a second-round pick before he had his very bad pro day in addition to having off-the-field problems too. But he, de- he definitely doesn't lack confidence. And he definitely doesn't lack physical tools either. The big difference is that Preston Williams is probably not somebody who can play special teams. And that's going to be taken into account. It would be a shame to me if Bryce Butler ended up making the team as the fifth receiver. Because that will have meant that Preston Williams and Isaiah Ford did not step up enough to warrant that fifth wide receiver position. I also see them keeping five wide receivers with Preston Williams being that fifth guy. And I look on game day for the Dolphins to deploy more of the cornerbacks like Cornell Armstrong and Jalen Davis to special teams work. The rest of the field here, so we've gone through these five guys. Bryce Butler, again, would be a huge disappointment if he made the team as the fifth receiver. He only caught six passes last year in 117 snaps. And so in 117 snaps, Paul, six catches and three penalties. So this guy may be a candidate for the Coke bus before the season even begins. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm down for that. I think we can throw him right on the Coke bus right now. And, and you know, yeah, it's just disgusting to me. <laughs> so Isaiah Ford, this seems to be his last opportunity because, you know, this is a player we were both high on when he came out of Virginia Tech. Uh, had an injury at the end of the season fell to the seventh round. The Dolphins were lucky enough to get him there. Then goes on injured reserve again in 2017 in his rookie year. 2018, he bounces back and forth, gets onto the active roster, dresses for a game. But 
he also is a guy who can't play special teams either. Uh, I'm hoping, though, that he is going to make the team as a six receiver in this kind of year. Because if you look at the rest of the roster, if the Dolphins decide to go away from Devontae Parker next year or go away from Kenny Stills or Albert Wilson or Jakeem Grant in two years, then Ford may have the opportunity to step up. Do you think the Dolphins are going to be that patient with him, though? There's a chance. I mean, it's he's got to show the skills that made him so dangerous at Virginia Tech. I mean, coming off the injuries that he's had, um, he needs to have a very, very good camp. But again, I I love the talent of evaluators that we have in the staff now. That I think we're going to see a lot less misses like the Chris Hogan's of the world with the coaching staff with the front office, with Chris Greer, with McKenzie, with, you know, you look at some of these guys and the talent evaluators we have on the staff, and that's where it's going to be critical for Isaiah Ford to have his big camp show the things he can do. And if so, I think Miami's got a chance at showing that patience, but some of it will come down to, you know, the next position we're going to talk about, which is the tight ends. I mean, are they going to keep three tight ends? Are they going to keep four tight ends? And, and, in which way are they going to deploy that room? And that's going to be very, very critical here because don't forget, you look at next season, Miami's got a plethora of draft picks and cap space. So hanging on as the bottom end wide receiver is not a comfy place that anyone should be in going into next season when Miami's got the ammunition to go after whatever they want to. Well said. And the eighth and ninth receivers in camp here, Trent and Irwin, the rookie out of Stanford uh, caught 60 passes last year, did have a grade three MCL tear looks a little Brian Hartline ish, uh, but he's going to have an uphill battle to make this roster. The last guy Reese Horn played for Memphis in the AAF and believe it or not, he was actually fourth in the AAF in receiving yards, even catching passes from Christian Hackenberg. Um, CK put up a nice Chris Kaufman put up a nice video on YouTube with Reese Horn on there. And the first two passes that you see in that video, you'll see Christian Hackenberg just airmailing the ball to Reese Horn. So very unlikely he makes the final roster either. So we've got those five guys in place. I'm still going back and forth with Isaiah Ford, but I'm going to leave him off the roster right now because he is, uh, he just doesn't have that special teams ability. So at tight end, Paul, the Dolphins signed Dwayne Allen in the offseason. I wasn't a big fan of the signing at first because when you look at him, he, for the Patriots last year, played 250-something snaps, just caught three passes for 29 yards. And I've always had this theory that if you're going to play a, a tight end that can only block, then why don't you just play a sixth offensive tackle? And that's kind of what Dwayne Allen is. But one thing I do like about the signing in Allen is it seems like O'Shea – and Flores are going to use, or at least have plans to use Mike Kosicki the way that he should be used, which is as, as a receiving tight end, not a blocker. Yeah, I wasn't enamored with the Dwayne Allen signing. I mean, if you gave me Dwayne Allen, you know, several years ago, the one that was playing for the Colts before all the injuries, I would have been a lot more down for it because he was a lot more complete tight end before he had all the issues. But you know what, maybe he helps Kasicki learn how to block. Maybe he turns out to be a huge help for Durham Smythe, who I think people are writing off a little too early here. 
And the one guy that's a little bit of a dark horse for me still is Nick O'Leary. He was such a feel-good story, blue-collar type. That seems like the type of player that, that Brian Flores would absolutely be enamored with. And he could be that guy that challenges Chandler Cox for the fullback role as well because he's just so varied in his skill set. That's just it for me with Nick O'Leary is I see him challenging Chandler Cox for one roster spot because O'Leary is a good blocker in his role as an H-back in previous seasons, but he's not that on-the-line tight end that Dwayne Allen or Durham Smythe are. That's why I see him not making the roster. Uh, two other players that I don't see making the roster, either a tight end to round out the room, is Clive Clive Wolford, the former Miami Hurricanes, third-round pick of the Raiders in 2015. Actually had a very good start to his career, 59 catches in 2015 and 2016 playing with Derek Carr up there, but has struggled a lot lately. He had an ATV accident a couple of years ago, and he spent some time with the Jets and the Colts, but he's been slipping in and out of rosters since then. I don't see him making the roster. And the Dolphins' undrafted free agent, Chris Myrick from Temple, 6'5", 250, caught 14 passes for 146 yards. Last year with Temple in his biggest season, not somebody I, I see making the roster either. Paul, so I've got three guys that we've talked about making it. Dwayne Allen. Mike Kosicki, and Durham Smythe. I've got them cutting Nick O'Leary, Clive Wolford, and Chris Myrick. How does the tight end roster breakdown go for you? I think we're actually in the same school of thought here. I mean, I've got them keeping the same three guys. And like we both said, uh, it's Chandler Cox is Nick O'Leary's worst enemy going to training camp. So, if they end up keeping O'Leary, it's at the expense of Chandler Cox. But right now, I don't have them doing so, even though I really like the kid, and I think Flores will too. Absolutely. So we've got uh, some of the roster is starting to shape up here as we continue these positional breakdowns throughout the summer. Hope this fed your Miami Dolphins fix, our Dolphins fans. And we appreciate the following and the comments there on YouTube. Please continue to do that. We love the feedback. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side, side or the right, right side, side, and it must be the fifth love. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.